0: it's like locked into one place and it's very annoying because sometimes i mean i hate to sound uh, uh like a uh what's, what do you call them like a narcissist or something but sometimes you end up looking at yourself and mm. then you're the eye line like i want to be looking i'm looking i want to be looking at you of so of course or you know how it, the new ipad didn't it do that it changed the location
1: of the uh of the camera yeah the basic ipad now has it in the uh, landscape mode right
0: yeah uh, um so yeah so uh, like i and even when i look at you i'm i'm not really looking at you i I need to be looking at the camera in order to be looking at you 2023 can we fix this already
1: uh it's called a macbook sir <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> the camera's dead center at the top <laughs> We right have right it your, set up faces <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've got a lot going on the macbook's <laughs> recording i've got my notes on the ipad
1: and i've got you on my iphone a lot happening Is your mask isn't is a vacation it's a quarantine a quarantine in style are you kidding me this is incredible sick and it's all ours The only neighbor is miles away.
0: I thought you were spending quarantine alone. What are you doing here? I wanted to see you. And quarantine can
1: be fun. Mary. Jump in, water's fine. Who is this? I don't know. That's creepy, Parker. Yes, I did this morning when I was uh, doing my additional uh well-being, I guess. So yeah. I did and I also made sure not to delete <laughs> my side until you tell me it's all good because I was all these old podcasts. I was like, oh, "I don't need this anymore. Delete this." But, you know, anything that's not uploaded yet proper, I'll I'll hold on to everything.
0: I feel really bad. I deleted a lot of old stuff that I had recorded that I wish I didn't now. Back then it was like, eh, I need the space." I wish mm-hmm. I had cataloged it somewhere and and I feel bad about that but yeah it's okay it's more you know ultimately it's kind of like you know all the fucking books and everything it's like you read it and you love it and you have it with you forever in your head and the experience but you you really you don't it doesn't need to physically be there the effect that that experience has on you is more important than having a a a, a trophy to represent it so
1: Yeah, I've talked about actually just had that conversation with my wife last night because we're doing this uh, book club between ourselves, and uh, yeah, uh, got caught again. But I think uh, Barnes and Noble had another fifty percent off sale this week, so now we just have a stack of books. Like we're like going into like we've got the weeks covered through like midsummer, and because of that, we had the conversation. We're like, "What is the long term plan here?" Not saying we're going to do this every year, but if we did, if we enjoy this process. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're not, uh, I guess we've decided, uh, we're not the privileged. We're not the elite that can just keep hardcovers just laying around that we probably will not ever read again. So we've decided to keep them for the year. And it's like, here's our, our accomplishment for 2023, as far as what we read, and then probably sell them to use bookstore and use, use those funds to go into 2024. But yeah, we actually had to, you know, I, I think uh, when you're younger, you just collect, you're like, yeah. I'm just going to acquire yeah. all this stuff, and <laughs> when you're older, it's how do I get rid of all this stuff that I've acquired? <laughs> that, like I said, that's why 2023
0: is the year of of enjoying the stuff that I have collected. And what I've decided is if I like it, if the uh, Audible, I'm going as I'm going through Audible, I'm reading this uh, book called um, Nothing to See
1: Here. Have you heard of this book? I don't think so. Who's the who's the author or what's it about? Oof. Uh okay, well I, I don't remember the
0: author's name, Kevin something, I think. But anyhow, uh it is about this girl who uh like you know, like mid twenties or so, she gets called to her uh, um her rich uh uh I don't wanna call her best friend, but like the only friend she has uh she, she, who is like wife of a senator very you know hoity toidi uh, to be a governess for her stepchildren and there's a little more going on to it now. I'm just giving you like a mm-hmm. brief anyway so but well, uh, she learns that the stepchildren um the cover of the book is really still I'm going to I'm going to send
1: it to you actually I'm because it right I, now, I actually. can't I have it up on but, uh Amazon looks like a Child on fire, or something, or like (laughs) right. And so,
0: I picked it up solely based on that artwork. Nice, and it turns out that the children have a uh, there's two of them, they tend to uh, um, uh, uh, go on fire.
1: Okay, so it was being very direct. This, yes, (laughs) and I didn't realize it.
0: And this, and this happens in like chapter two, and I'm just like. Oh, and so I'm not, I hope I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything for you, but that's kind of the setup and uh, the whole first uh, couple chapters like a lead up to it and it's all very good. So I highly recommend it. So, uh, and I'm, I think I'm I'm like two hours away. It's it's like a six hour, listen, real good, real fast, very emotional. I didn't expect it to be so heartfelt and it's quite good. Uh, And I, so it's on my little eBay uh, notification. It's like, Hey, if I find a little hardcover. Uh, for like you know, five, six bucks or so. Great, I'll pick it up for my shelf. So I'm almost using my shelf now as kind of like a, this is really good and I'd love to go back to it, read it or maybe, you know, my daughter might like it or somewhat, you know, it, it's more just uh, almost like a, a, instead of a fancy vase, I've got a book on the shelf. It's almost like a decoration that I can, that has a little more purpose to
1: it. Such as the uh, the economic times we find ourselves in, that uh, <laughs> you have people decorating their households like I think I can treat myself to a, to a book. I think I can if I can find it for five bucks. I think I can I can put that up there. Well, you know these prices, it's just a space thing for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all.
0: No, I agree, I, and and I have uh, believe me, I'm looking at all of my stuff on my. <laughs> I'm looking at some the, of that too, behind you. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's all uh, like. Uh it's go you know, it's it's very cool to look at and it's all but the thing is, like as I'm working my way through them, I'm I'm deciding, okay, I'm good with this. Even uh I bought three there's another Barnes Noble fifty percent off sale they they're having on, on Kung Fu films, uh or Arrow, Arrow specifically. And there's three Kung Fu films and I watched all three of them in one day with my brother. We had a marathon and we both were like these aren't as good as Five Deadly Venoms. We liked them in various amounts. But immediately I was like, all right, I'm good. Put them up on eBay. Great. And so I, they just sold yesterday. So ultimately I ended up spending, I want to say like nine bucks when you do all the mm-hmm. you know math uh, to kind of watch these three films. I was like, hey, great. I got to watch them on but Blu-ray But worth quad. nine
1: bucks. For the experience, I mean that's, that's yeah. you going to see not probably not even for your market going to see one movie. I don't even know if you can get a matinee price for nine bucks there, but um... ten
0: bucks is really the matinee price. Yeah, around mm-hmm. here, I mean yeah. like th- that's why the uh, the Cinemark deal. I was like, that's a fine deal. Like I'll take it, uh, especially like hey, let's go to a movie tonight or something. And usually those movies are like fourteen dollars. Some places are even more. To the up, oh, yeah, it's ridiculous you want to watch it in IMAX or Dolby digital, whatever audio, you know, all the extras.
1: I can't tell if we're talking about we need more communal ex- experiences or less. I can't <laughs> navigating our conversation, uh, which is kind of appropriate for the movie we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to it. But I sort of dropped this one on uh, on you and it was it was dropped on me. I, I just was not up to speed on what. Uh, Kevin Williamson uh, has been up to uh, except for the fact that you and I on trilogy in theory are treating him like our our other beloved uh, Kevin, Kevin Smith. We've we've almost completed the scream mythology on that show. Uh, I I have to say, like if you've not listened to it, we didn't do like a scream month. We just keep working scream movies into different months with other genres. Um, But I, I saw his name. saw he was doing a, he had written another slasher film, and that it was set in the time of COVID. And guess what? It's dropping on Peacock in two days. Such is the, I guess, the research. Uh, even of someone who, like, I do try to, like, keep up with. Like, hey, what's coming up? What's what's the new thing? Or what's, what's you know, I, I need my fix for movies. And that's sort of the era we live in where something that I would have been interested in six months ago and looking forward to, uh, I find out that in a mere two days on one of the, third or fourth rate streaming services there it is uh for for my yeah. viewing pleasure and i roped you into it because i know that you're in you have been into the scream movies within the last year uh and i thought that the COVID thing might be interesting uh was shocked i didn't read anything about it until you know i pull up my tabs for for this recording before the zoom call uh, i see that it has a 92 percent from critics on rotten tomatoes which I think I'm glad I did not see that before I sat down to watch it. I just read it like, "Me too." Dude who made his bones with slasher genre has another one with a more modern setting. I do feel like the 92 percent that some might see for sick could mislead you to think this is like hereditary. So, like, I feel like only the uh, the the elevated horror uh, gets the cyber views. This is very sparse, I think, pleasantly so, uh, given its subject matter. Uh, it should be because it's about uh, two college students going off to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the privileged cabin in the woods. Except it's the, the most aesthetically pleasing, uh, probably largest cabin in the woods for like a horror film. This is not Ash and the Evil Dead, uh, and then in and the sticks, they go off and they start to be stalked. It's a home invasion you know, a uh, man in black with a knife slasher movie. I don't know if watching it, you would perhaps understand that. That's probably the the misleading nature of Rotten Tomatoes as 92% just means a lot of people generally liked it. Uh, but I, I would not say this is even an attempt to be elevated horror, even though it is tackling in some way, the, the pandemic era that we, that we live in. What did you think about it? I'm assuming you didn't know, too much about it going into it because i just said hey you want to watch this this weekend and you graciously said yeah i'll give it a shot i knew very little about it i knew that judging by
0: like the one-line synopsis that i read was that there's two people or so um quarantine uh because of the pandemic i was like oh a film where the pandemic is used as kind of a setting which is still very rare. Uh, This one, I think there is uh, an Indian romantic comedy in which I think it's called like Seven Days in which two people have to uh, quarantine because they're kind of set up uh, via like an arranged marriage type thing. And so the quarantine actually helps them to get to know each other. I think that's kind of the plot, which leads me to believe. I wonder if there is a pandemic trilogy in the future for us. If, if that is a possibility, I don't think there's a, there's enough uh, meat out
1: there just yet for us. Yeah. You, you expressed on trilogy and theory uh, surprise when glass onion even yeah. brought up at the beginning, which didn't really have to, I mean, there's the trope of a, a, a rich person inviting people who probably have ill will towards him to his home where uh, you know, a murder will take place. But I, I did like that, that touch, but watching that one in the theaters, you could, tell the vibe shifted a little bit and i think that's probably why there's not been too many um films or i guess works of art that have touched on uh covid-19 just yet because i think people just want to get away from it although strangely i did watch um station 11 the hbo i think hbo max not hbo proper series that was a, a well regarded novel and i did see some of the books that were about pandemics did very well but they were written Ahead of COVID, they weren't about COVID nineteen. I think so. Uh, you and I, in preparation for watching this, we talked about like Contagion. I know yeah. Contagion became very successful, you know, in a sort of darkly <laughs> capitalist way when the COVID uh, outbreak started. People were watching Outbreak again, but at this point, I, I don't know how much they, uh, for entertainment value, people want to touch on it. And I guess Sick handles it in somewhat of an appropriate way for for those. Those folk, in the sense that it's the setup, it's the reason for these two women to go off to a cabin in the woods. Uh, but other than that, it's not really touched upon until you get further into the film. Is it It just seems like it's just the reason in a modern setting for women to be isolated and under duress from a stalker until, until later on when it comes back around. But I think that's kind of why I ultimately didn't like the film. And I wonder
0: if it's because the... <sighs> The people who are involved, the characters, they're not real characters. You see how they react to COVID. Oh, oh one person thinks it's not as serious. The other one thinks it's a very serious. And then you've got our villains. If Can we just get into spoilers?
1: Yeah, I do want to touch on the one friend that thinks, takes it seriously, where she's like, where's your mask? Uh, and she asked another character, where's your mask? <laughs> it was driving my wife nuts because she... That because it's a movie, that character they want to see your mouth, they want to see you express yourself. That character who's constantly asking others where's your mask would also conveniently drop her mask for like dramatic (laughs) moments. Like that (laughs) you know, it's just uh you're right. That that contributes to the nature of uh very stock sort of stereotypes of, you know, one girl that's just seeing it as um, I don't know, I guess we're gonna be out of school for a little bit. This we're gonna treat this like a spring break of sorts and then life will return to normal. And another one who has a feeling that you should take it more seriously. And I did like seeing the, you know, the groceries. Uh, you have the the opening sequence where a man is being stalked in a grocery store. Sure. And you do see people say, hey, six feet, hey, you know, wear your mask. And he goes home, he's wiping off, he's spraying the frozen pizza box, all that stuff. Um, do you think, does that contribute at all to, do you feel like the film is going down the middle as far as how people treated the pandemic politically. Cause I felt like some of that stuff I can look back on and be like, yeah, that was kind of silly, but I remember the fear at the time. I remember the uncertainty of like, okay, how are we supposed to handle ourselves? But I feel like when you watch it with that little bit of amusement, the people who uh, never took it that seriously feel vindicated in a way, like, look at what fools everyone was wiping off their frozen pizza boxes. And I can't really tell. I, I, I think the film is not really uh, daring to go one way or the other as far as how the, the filmmakers uh, felt personally about COVID.
0: I disagree. I think that the film does teeter towards the people who made fun of the pandemic, and I do wonder if that's partly why I didn't like the film. Is because like mm. I don't think it's a giant joke. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. I and actually I had this conversation with a coworker where she was like, "Yeah, I'm wiping down my groceries." And I was like, "You know, at at that point." Even I thought at that time, it's like, while I applaud that level of dedication, you got to wonder uh, at what point is it too much. And But I never made fun of somebody for something like that. And even our villains take the concept of uh, contact tracing and, and responsibility for it, and to the extreme, to the nth degree, uh, uh, to the point where... I feel like I was getting made fun of consistently throughout. Like like this the scene where our main character Parker is uh, that car comes up and she might have found like an escape and the woman uh, won't let her in the car because she's like where's your mask? Like I get it but I feel like that's less a joke that we can all enjoy and more a joke like
1: look at look at those fuckers with the masks. That that's what it felt yeah, like to a me. woman who's bleeding looks like she's being terrorized by a man and this lady uh still fears the possibility of contracting the virus <laughs> from the stranger if she has it or not more so than the the knife-wielding <laughs> maniac on the on the side of the road. Yes, I, I do get it. Now, for yeah, you know, I mean plot reasons, you know, 10 seconds later, yeah. uh, as we said, uh, spoilers galore for this. So, I hope you're up to date on your your Peacock <laughs> streaming as we are. Mere days later, um <laughs> I think I I might have liked the film more if you did meet someone who's totally scared for, but is also driving around the country uh, and had nothing to do with this villainous plot of stalking these women. If you were going to go broad satire of the people who took COVID too seriously, uh, as opposed to it's all part of this strange plan of people who, as I said, spoiler alert last this morning, people who have lost a son who was a college student and who was also not really taking it seriously. was at parties as we, we saw back in the spring of 2020. Um, and they've taken upon themselves to terrorize other college students, as you said, through their, their version of contact tracing. Um, I don't really know how they had the, (laughs) the means to do this other than social media who was there. Um, they've decided to punish them for this. And I, I think, okay, that's, that's interesting to me. It's a, it's a different twist on it, but I think I would have preferred the movie if it had been more COVID specific, as opposed to, there's this, there's this gap in the middle where you're just wondering, why are they being stalked? But because it's being presented as this takes place during COVID, it's not like a big twist. You assume mm-hmm, like, yeah. okay, this eventually has to come back to this. Otherwise it's just a, you know, fairly big reason for someone to go into the cabin in the woods. (laughs) But yet again, I'll, I'll, you know, my wife being in the medical field, she was sort of raising an eye a bit more to this. She was (laughs) more unamused uh, being someone who has dealt with it, has dealt with the sick uh, during that very stressful last few years. Um, She's like, boy, these villains for people who seemingly think covid you know has ended their world they've lost one son uh let's put another son in danger let's put uh mama and papa bear also in danger let's rant and rave without the mask and then after the rant's over you have the uh perfunctory hey put your mask back on oh yes (laughs) the, the fun movie time is over now it's time to put on the mask um i think you have to lean more into it i think you have to say this is a uh sort of uh, political hot potato movie, and we're going full tilt into it, uh, as opposed to riding riding the line, uh, because it is it is goofy. It is goofy that, that seemingly normal people uh, would take contact tracing as a means to stalk pretty young women, like it's an 80s slasher movie.
0: And that gap
1: that you mentioned, it it is a
0: lot of stalking and a lot of chasing. Uh, one of the things that I looked into... I, like, yeah, I want to see how people felt about this after I saw the high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, are, are people really liking it that much? Apparently on Letterboxd, there are a couple reviews which reference that this gap that you're talking about in which the stalking and the running around the action set pieces... Really, really extended action set pieces, which take up more of the runtime than I expected. They're fine, but they didn't have... They didn't resonate with me because I'm just like, oh, it's... You know, it's one thing to watch Sidney Prescott go through that because you care about Sidney and you care about uh, Jamie Kennedy's character and all the other stuff. But for this, it was just like, OK, like you can kind of appreciate it as a, as a filmmaking uh, tool. But those extensive apparently people were upset that Scream 2022 did not have enough chasing and did not have enough stalking. I was not aware of so this. So Peacock's gonna fix that, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was like, I just enjoyed those films because they were cool whodunits, a lot of stabbings, and I was like, these are well-made films. I never, I don't get upset when I don't get enough stalking in, in a film, and that's what a lot of this film uh, was. Also, you mentioned the grocery stores. I had to pause for a second. In my head I was like, what grocery store? did that opening
1: sequence have anything to do with the story of this film just one of the dudes that was at the party like oh. i like that premise i think lends itself more to um and it, you know maybe it's the uh, the budget we're dealing with here uh as you said the fact that it is about quarantining there i mean that is a plot point that these two young women don't want anyone else including this I guess on again, off again, romantic partner that shows up. Uh, he shows up basically just to provide, uh, another scare, uh, sort of a a fake out that he's the one stalking them and also provide, uh, another death. Because if you have a limited cast, you're not going to get that many kills. If you (laughs) you don't have a couple, (laughs) couple chicks in the woods. Um, I think that premise, the whole contact tracing thing, the sort of, uh, deranged and traumatized mother, which is a, a horror trope. Um, I think you, you you have a bigger cast. Like what, if, what if you took that group and they decided like, Oh, we're getting shit on, on social media for going to parties. We're just going to go to a cabin and we'll just continue the party by ourselves. Sure. You have more kills. Then you have all of them. You have all the people there in one fell swoop, as opposed to, uh, mama and Papa bear have to stalk these people, I guess on Instagram <laughs> or Snapchat, and try to figure out where they, where they are. Um, I also thought you, there's a missed opportunity for a comedic beat because um, we are sharing the perspective of primarily – I think it's uh, the daughter of the woman who did a lot of stuff with Lee C.K. She had a sitcom, so I figured you'd know her. Pamela, Pamela uh,
2: Adlon. Adlon?
1: Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, so that's – so her daughter is the, the, the lead character here. Um, and she's Bobby Hill. W- she's Bobby Hill. The mother, not, not the oh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gideon here. Yeah. Um, um, there is a moment in the film where uh, the cell phones are taken, uh, which I also don't really understand. Like, if this is about revenge on these people for possibly infecting their son and him him dying in the, the early days of COVID, uh, it appears that the only reason to do that, I mean, for film reasons, it's to ramp up the tension. Obviously, this is an 80 minute movie. Very brisk, Um, but they missed an opportunity for a gag because they start playing, I guess, the song that's playing in the sort of viral video of these college students making out during COVID. Um, And since it's from her point of view, the audience, I'm just like, oh, they're just being terrorized for some reason. I'm just as ignorant as the, I guess, the student. I wasn't paying attention to that video of her making out with someone cuz I didn't understand the context then. I thought it was about jealousy between this on again off again lover. Uh but apparently mama and papa bear were trying to relay, "Hey, you remember the night when you you broke CDC guidelines? This is why you're about to to perish. It's because of this." I'm just like the characters, I'm like, "What the fuck? They stole our phone. They're playing music now? Like what was going on? Why are they announcing themselves <laughs> in, the, in the house?" Right. Like, that's a missed opportunity for I guess these Gen Z characters having no idea what the fuck boomers are going on about, <laughs> even if it's something that was, you know, a peer tragically died. They don't, they don't know. They've, they, life's moving too fast. They're into their own shit, as most, you know, teenagers are. Um, I, I, I think that it's, it's probably well made. I didn't realize that in the horror genre that people, as you said, love the chase sequences yeah. uh, that much. I didn't know that. I didn't realize slashers are supposed to have like a, a Jason Bourne character just like running through rooftops for like <laughs> twenty minute stretches. Um, I certainly think that's you know it, it looks looks slick and that's that's engaging if that's what you're going for. I did expect maybe not as much meta commentary like like Scream, but I did expect more brushes of humor from this, especially if you're going to have, have the the COVID thing. Like you're, we're going to be one of the first films to directly comment on it. Uh, I'm surprised that we didn't get to hear more from our lead characters as far as what do they think about this? Like the fact that one of their, you know, prime years of sort of entertainment and joy has just been taken away from them. That's they barely really touch on it other than, Hey, where's your mask? That's it. That's all they really have to say about the events of, of that time period. And Rotten Tomatoes, the, the consensus,
0: says the film is smart, self-aware, and all too timely. What is smart about the film? Uh, is, doesn't self-aware mean that the film is aware that it's a film? It's just referencing real-world things, and then all too timely. Uh, I guess we're allowed to make jokes about COVID and pandemic. Is that what it's—or we're not allowed to? Can you break this down to me? Is this film smart? Web, web
1: they're they're saying this is the equivalent of all the president's men it's, <laughs> it's smart self aware because it's a recent <laughs> recent news subject um i I actually don't know about the all too timely thing like i I feel like given the small cast given the isolated setting um I think this could have been made and could have been brought to release especially on a streaming platform end of twenty twenty like you know spring twenty twenty one I I feel like it's in that weird gap where people are sick of COVID. Uh, I mean, that's a horrible use <laughs> of words there. Um, <laughs> because I like you, uh, and as someone who just recently had COVID over Christmas again, it's still going on. It's yeah. still, you know, it's still gonna, you know, so, um, I don't think that people like filmmakers will probably have like a, an interesting perspective on it until I don't know, five to 10 years down the road, maybe someone will have something that comes up and maybe then people will be willing to engage with it more. Um So no, I, I, I disagree with all of those things. I mean, for me as a podcaster, it's one of the worst things that I thought, well, that was decidedly okay, but it just reeks of, of course, this is something I watched as a square on a streaming service because I doubt I'll have any memories of it, you know, six months from now, really. So no, I'd say that's a that's a bit much as far as the um, the praise for this film. I agree. Uh, Mama and Papa Bear, by the way, uh, named Jason
0: and Pamela. So I, I don't know—is that the self-aware
1: stuff? That uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, that, that fits more in the Scream, you know, franchise. Than it does here. It's just r- yeah, you know, it's a reach.
0: Right. And so yeah, I did feel like somebody who couldn't take a joke throughout this film because I kept finding myself like, Why don't I like this more? I'm not saying it's bad. I just feel like it's razor thin. Um, I feel like they are still undercutting, like people are still getting sick and people are still having issues. That this isn't over. And I don't know if there will be anything interesting to say about COVID ten years down the line. I I think it's pretty You know, straightforward. It's not. It's not like a political event where we'll have to see the repercussions of of how, like, uh, you know, the the entire Donald Trump and the GOP being kind of mutating into what it is now. I think will be interesting to discuss even further down the line because of how it's shaping America and the thought process and the concept of alternative facts and all that stuff. And again, at the risk of getting too political about a, a slasher film. I'm just saying. Like, I, I don't know if there is anything interesting. Like, we're we're gonna have repercussions based on our biology, I guess. Let's see how we all, as a human, uh, as human beings, uh, react to all this. But. Yeah, man. Like I felt bad. I was like, "80 minutes. Put this shit on. Let's do it." <laughs> After Tar and, and all the other epics that that have been going around, I was like, "You know what? This might be fun and breezy." I don't think it was very fun. I, I hesitate, I like, despite the fact that it's a short runtime. It wasn't as breezy. Like I, I feel like this is this ain't no Jay and Silent
1: Bob Strike Back. That film ends before you even know what happened. I I'm just gonna double down. And recommend uh, Station 11.
2: You all seem to know that the world is coming to an end. So it's a good reminder that nothing we have done or do matters at all. But it does. The man I loved died last night, and the man I loved died last night, and I went to work. (laughs) The man I loved died last night, and I went to work instead. (laughs) And I'm here! With you and you and you. You don't matter at all, Mr. Wang. Your company is falling into the sea, so I have to ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't I at that play? Why wasn't I with my love? when he died.
1: Mankind first looked up to the stars,
2: mankind thought. Non-linear delivery options. What are those things?
1: We were small talking before uh, we started recording proper, uh, talking about our various uh, reading goals this year in books. And I um, missed uh, Station Eleven as a novel. I was aware of it. I actually had read uh, another um, uh, book by the author, I think it was called The Glass Hotel, which I really liked. And for whatever reason, did not read the one that became <laughs> way more successful and popular. I was like, yeah, I'll get to that later. Oh, when HBO makes a show of it. All right. I'm just going to watch <laughs> that instead. Um, but that is obviously that's a series. I believe it's 10 episodes. So that's roughly 10 hours of mm-hmm. material. It's As okay. I said, not, not about COVID because that I believe the book came out before. Um, but it has, Far more interesting things to say about you know not only what would happen in sort of a pandemic era and afterwards, but what um primarily what art means to people to a completely changed world, what does art of the past mean to people living in a completely different lifestyle than the creators of that art uh so that one I highly recommend. You know, if you have Peacock, I say, I say give sick a try. Cause I don't know other than sitcoms. I don't know what, you know, what's, what's on that service, but I, I got, you know, bamboozled into purchasing a year because I was like, what a discount, 20 (laughs) bucks for Peacock for a year. And I've loaded it up. A couple of times, so I feel now i'm like I'm gonna have to force myself to find more peacock material, maybe just for this podcast.
0: I do find myself doing that i got that's how I got the stars uh streaming service, and now I'm in the middle of P valley and it's very entertaining, so we all find <laughs> you know we all find things. <laughs> one thing you know I will say about sick is like it, it's pretty you know it's it's ultimately um the juicy fruit of entertainment like you'll you'll <laughs> you'll enjoy it for a little bit and then The flavor's gone, and you'll move on with the rest of your life. But there is a – it's funny. Certain things just linger. Some of these films sometimes – the Meg is a film that I don't know if anybody thinks about. I think there's a sequel coming, but there's a At least it was financially successful. I know that. That's right. Yeah. But there is a scene in the Meg that even I got kind of – not out of my seat, but I stood up. I'm like, oh, we're going down this road. Cool. And that – have you seen the Meg?
1: No, uh, that's a giant shark movie, right? Stay it is a giant visit. shark movie. But, uh, that's good. <laughs> I love how hesitant you are. Uh, Sick just came out within this, you know, five days ago. And you're like, ah, spoil it, fuck it. And <laughs> you're like, the Meg, oh, we gotta treat this with kids' gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, I can't not spoil an aspect of it. Uh, so they get,
0: the thing is, they get the Meg, you know, like 40, 50 minutes into the film. And I'm like, okay, what the hell are they going to do with the rest of this movie? And there's a wonderful shot of, uh, like an overhead shot where they're taking the Meg out. And all of a sudden from below, a larger Meg comes and eats the Meg that they just killed. And I was like, there's a second shark. I feel like this movie could have had that moment where I was like, oh, they got the killer. What the hell's going on? And then there's another guy coming. And I was like, oh, they're just doing another Meg.
1: <laughs> and I can't believe it. I, I. I love this uh, little uh, comparison because uh, anyone thinks that you're being too elitist to appreciate Peacock's finest. Uh, no, you're saying, look, all you need is a second Meg. And I'm <laughs> right there with you. <laughs>
2: I was working the other day, listening to the tapes he sent me, and I heard something. Was the way he laughed, I I couldn't really believe it. So I, I enhanced it, and I looped it. It's real. It's a way to stay hot. I'll flesh man,
0: lay flesh later, I'll flesh man, lay flesh later,
2: baked the days when I was a teenage before, before I had a stage you could find an abstract, listening in the used to hip hop and pop, it reminded him of B-b-. I said, Well, daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles? Where the Bobby Brown is just like Amber Light, it's all expected, things are for the looking. If you got the money, questions for the booking. Come on, everybody, let's get with the fly mode. Still got room on a truck full of black gold Listen to the rhyme and get a mental picture of this black man, a black woman venture. Why do I say that? Cause I gotta speak the truth, man. Doing what we feel for the music is the proof, and plan it on the ground, the actors sold together. Bona fide, strong, you need leverage to sever. The unit, yes, the unit, yes, the unit. called the jazz is delivering each and LP, filled with street goods. You can find it on your rack in your record store. If you get the record, say so your thoughts are adore. And appreciate it, cause we're ever so glad we made it We work hard, so we gotta thank God Dishing out the plastic, do the dance to your spastic If you diss, mm, it gets drastic Listen to the rhyme, cause it's trying to make gravy If it moves your booty, then shake, shake it, baby All the way to Africa, aka the motherland Stick out the left and an axe for the other hand That's the right hand, brown man Only if you are noted as my man If I get the credit, then I think I deserve it If you fake moves, don't fix your mouth to word it Get in a zone of positivity, not negativity Cause we gotta strive for longevity If you watch up, what's in the ass? What? A pair of Nike size 10 and a half We gotta make moves Never, ever, ever can we fake moves Yeah, we gotta make moves Never, ever, ever can we fake moves (laughs) Like, I don't put the bag on a pedestal,
0: but... Never, like, ever, there you go. Like I found myself praising the Meg in a film uh, never, during a film ever, that has nothing to do, do with it. And I was like, oh. It's funny what sticks with you. You know, you never know what little bit of uh, um, art in, in in any kind of a uh, populous entertainment will will survive. Just like, I, I, here we go. Another. You remember Just Married? The
1: uh, is that the Brittany Murphy? The Ashton Kutcher one? Yes. yes. I actually just managed to, managed to catch that almost 20 years later for some reason <laughs> one day. The, the, the juicy fruit like yes. sensation was, I just need something I can forget. It, it it has a scene that
0: I will, you know, and I, I may have already mentioned this to you before, but it has a scene that I will always remember for the rest of my life. Anytime things are going bad, uh, it's Ashton Kutcher looking over the the photo album and and he's like, look at these photo albums. We don't see a negative picture. We don't see anything. And, and I think the father character was like, well, of course not. But it's the moments in between the photos, the bad stuff that gets you from one good photo to the
1: next. I'm like, God, that is just that is profound. That is prof- <laughs> spreading truth. <laughs> I love the idea of Webb and uh, Station Eleven survives a mass pandemic. And the thing that carries him forward, that he wants other future generations to know about, is a beat-up DVD copy that he can't play anymore of Just Married, so he's just reciting <laughs> the this scene. This was modern Shakespeare, what Ashton Kutcher learned. Oh, from, forget um,
0: If nobody can ever watch Just Married again, I'm stealing it. That is my wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I become the modern Shakespeare. <laughs>
1: The uh, only web, modern Shakespeare. You know him uh, from you know, uh, the Meg, the Meg Two, and Just Married. Those are his <laughs> works that he transcribed. <laughs> you steal from the best. That's how it's done.